Would you or anyone you know be interested in the best of what we've learned from over 350 expert interviews? Business expert interviews just like this one you're about to listen to. Plus, I'll share what we discovered spending $50,000 to go through over 100 years of business success research. Thousands of evidence-based scientific studies on what really works. Visit bestbusinesscoach.ca for more info on how, in 90 days or less, you can get eight better business habits or get three times your money back. That's 90 days to eight types of better business, fitness, and mindset habits. These will determine who survives and thrives in these unusual times and who doesn't. Visit bestbusinesscoach.ca. You'll discover our new business coaching and accountability program for business, fitness, and mindset all in one. You'll also learn how you can get over $11,336 in free bonuses for only $1. Go to bestbusinesscoach.ca for more info. That's bestbusinesscoach.ca, like Canada or California. See you there. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always. And today we are joined by Flo Kunle, a Director of Marketing at Profit MBA. And he started his business out of desperation due to getting laid off from his corporate sales job. And he started dabbling with marketing and online marketing, which eventually led him to successfully reselling hundreds of thousands of dollars in marketing courses in his first few years, over 16,000 sales for time. He figured out how to combine his sales experience with online marketing automation and has been able to teach over 30,000 entrepreneurs in the past 10 years. Flow's companies and partner companies bring in close to 1,000 big-ticket high-end clients per year, and he personally does over 110 coaching webinars per year that he's now been able to put on autopilot. All told, Flow and his team have been responsible for close to $1 billion in sales. I asked him to join us here today to talk about how we can all grow our companies no matter what's happening in the economy. So, Flo, thank you so much for joining us, my friend. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. I am doing wonderful, as wonderful I can be for the next couple hours you got me, because after that, my energy runs out. <laughs> all good. So, now, I've seen and heard of your results, but I don't know your story so much. I mean, I, I read, I mean, I, I read your bio, obviously. But how did you even get started out in sales and marketing? It sounds like you already were in sales and marketing and then you transitioned to being an entrepreneur, like you had a corporate job, but how did you even get into the game? Like, how did you get started? Do you come from a family of entrepreneurs? No, I come from a family of engineers and part-time pastors, but maybe <laughs> that, maybe that DNA translates to entrepreneurship, but I was always an artist growing up and always a rebel and my dad always wondered about me because he didn't think i would be an engineer no matter how hard he tried but so as a teenager you know in early adulthood after high school like most entrepreneurs i you know started selling things you know i would sell perfume fragrances you know just to make money in college and you know i would bootleg music cds that i downloaded from napster before i heard about <laughs> Before I heard about the mom that, you know, looked up or charged lots of money for her son downloading music, then I got scared, then stopped that. <laughs> so then I started doing a little bit of research online because I had a part-time sales job at Radio Shack, if anybody remembers Radio Shack oh, in the old. U.S. We're dating ourselves yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, so they, they, they used to sell the first cell phones. I used to sell a bunch of those. And. I got my first computer from there, a compact Presario, and that company's owned by HP now. So, it, yeah, it's a long time ago. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just 
fell in love with selling. And I think it was just because I love helping people. And then when you can help people and then get paid at the same time, it's just like an amazing feeling. So I, I just, you know, I, I started doing sales full time while I was in college, you know, just kind of working 50 hours a week for time life. And my first year with them, I became their rep of the year. You know, I was 19, made over a million dollars in sales, just selling, selling music CDs. So that just, you know, tells you that. And before that I could sell, but I, I didn't really have good structure. And the thing I always took away from time life is their marketing strategy and their whole pipeline and funnel was dialed in everything they Mm -hmm. did was you know they paid the best advertisers the best direct marketers the best copywriters everything was dialed in about working there so you know someone like me that had raw talent i just got in there and just you know people twice my age were wondering how is this 19 year old old outselling us and he just got here. <laughs> so that's right. kind of where it all started. And after four years there, obviously, you know, no matter how many sales of a $20 product or a hundred dollar product you make, your income is capped. So I started looking at other opportunities. Obviously people started telling me about different network marketing companies. And as a 19 year old, you think, wow, yeah, this is it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. long story short, it isn't. And I did know that there were a lot of good things about network marketing that I liked, but I didn't want to sell my friends and family. So I just, I started, I said, I wonder if I search for this online leads, maybe I could find something about leads. So long story short, bought my first marketing course. I read it probably five times and listened to the CDs five times over the course of a year, got laid off of my job. And four months after getting laid off my job, it's full-time entrepreneur from there on out. And it's been almost 20 years since then. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's a great start. Now, you know, I have uh, my finger held up because I was something you're like, you know, like most kids, I went and started selling stuff. Most people aren't there selling stuff. You were talking about like when he's a kid. So one of the things that yeah, most entrepreneurs, most entrepreneurs. Yeah. But some of the most successful people. So anyone listening to this sales is one of the, the, the cornerstone skills of any successful entrepreneur. You really just can't get far in the business world without developing sales skills and ability. It's really a communication skill, I think, but I, I honestly think out of two of us, you're clearly probably dwarfing me. I wanted to ask, what do you, what would you recommend to someone that's either starting out in sales or struggling sales? What do you consider the kind of the fundamentals? Well, the fundamentals is I compare sales to sports. So if you want to get good at baseball or basketball, you have to practice. So, you know, if you want to hit a baseball, you're not just going to swing a couple times a week and say, well, I'm still not hitting it. You know, sales isn't for me. (laughs) So that's what most people do. They say, well, sales, I'm not good at sales, so I'm not going to do sales. But the beauty of working in corporate America and a time life with AOL all years ago is they had a system called, you know, obviously it's old news now, but they had a progressive dialer where I didn't have a choice. When I sat down and hit the start button, 
I was getting sales calls. So I probably every year made 50,000 sales calls a year for five years. That's how I got good at sales. <laughs> so it's not like I was born with a sales gene, but I did have, you know, good training. And then after making so many sales calls, so another thing that someone that wants to be good at sales should do is you need to recognize patterns. So the patterns of, you know, when someone is interested, not interested, you know, what people say, why they say it, you need to be a great listener. And when you can recognize patterns and you just, just like in baseball and, you know, or in volleyball or, you know, any other sports, people that are great at things, they kind of do things the same way every time because they've, they've practiced so much and they recognize the patterns. They know they're not going to score or you know, get as many yards or hit a single or whatever it is, they know they're not going to make the shot every time. But what, the, if they do what they practice every time, they'll be successful. Mm, I love that. I love that a lot. Yeah. I, I, uh, I remember a mutual friend of ours, Jermaine Griggs, he said that with marketing. Cause I remember I was talking to him in my early days and he was like, eyeballs must be sacrificed. Cause I was like, you know, but what if people, what if it sucks? What if he's like, you just got to, you just got to do it. Like, you know, you're, you're going to burn bridges potentially. You're going to get rejected. Like that's going to happen, but you really have to be committed to it. And I, I love how you kind of just broke that down, that it's about the process. And I, and I love how you even said that, you know, they kind of, it's not about learning double, triple backflips. You know, it's really just about, just right. like you said, like the almost, what am I trying to say? I'm not minimum viable product, but like, like the critical path, like you, the better you get, the less you do because you just focus on what works. I really learned that in martial arts, that the things that seemed, I did a lot of Brazilian jiu-jitsu training with Gracie jiu-jitsu. One of the things I realized is all the fancy mm -hmm. stuff, it didn't work at the highest levels. The fundamentals worked. The reason why the fundamentals are fundamental is because they work as a beginner, as an intermediate, as an advanced, and as the elite, and, you know, and, and virtuosity is doing the common uncommonly well. And I think that that's really it. I exactly. Think like, I think it's like a, a deep work kind of thing, like you, like a 10,000 hour kind of thing. Would you recommend any kind of structure for a call? Like, is there, I'm just trying to give people that are listening to this because I think right now, the time we're recording this, you know, the world is moving to be more online and more people are going to be involved in like people got to dig deep, right? And the economy is going to be exactly. a little bit. So is there a sort of like a, a structure, like a basic framework you could share with people right now? Yeah, I have a few frameworks and the, before the frameworks is the mental work in knowing that you have to get your practice in, like we discussed earlier, and you have to look at sales as not, you're not selling, you're doing a lot of different things. And when you combine it together, you can call it sales if you want, but you, you could call it serving customers. You can call it communicating. You could call it presenting, but you're doing a lot of different things. And there's a lot of different pieces to the puzzle. So the first thing I would say for anyone that is scared to sell, not thinks they're not good at sales or they've tried or they know they need to improve whatever, wherever you're at, or you're amazing at sales. The first thing I would say is to 
build up your confidence in regards to people having objections and saying no. A lot of people are just afraid to hear no. That's why they don't like sales. They, mm. they don't, they, they want, you know, to spend, you know, have a huge marketing budget and just have everyone just knock on their doors and say, Hey, I'm here to pay you thousands of dollars. I, I I'm already sold. You don't, you know, you don't even have to do anything. That's what people yep. want. But in reality, in any other thing in life, we don't believe in that and getting married and, or meeting that significant other, or, you know, starting a business, going to school, mm -hmm. find, you know, digging deep and being philosophical religion, no matter what it is, we don't believe that, you know, you're just going to get something handed to you because you spent a bunch of money and it's just going to come to your door and you're going to have thousands of customers. So you have, you have to eliminate that belief that that is going to happen first. Yeah. Uh, I remember how I heard it was, you know, there's, there's order taking and then there's sales and selling. And, you know, if, and the sale doesn't start until they say no, and it's not necessarily about being pushy and overbearing, but it's understanding that there's a difference between just taking an order and actually working with someone through their mental and emotional, right, barriers to get them to understand what, like the opportunity in front of them. Would you agree with that? Would you change that definition at all? Would you? Yes, I, I agree with that. And part of my philosophy is that if you know uh, a sale doesn't start until you get to the no, you need to get to the no. <laughs> yeah. You want, you want to, you know, most sales don't happen where someone doesn't have any objections. Obviously they may not say the word no, but they may have questions. You, you have to have answers for those. So here's the framework. So it, here's what rookie salespeople and most people think when they hear about, okay, you know, sales strategies, they think, okay, I need to memorize a bunch of rebuttals to objections. That's what most people think. Does that sound fair? Yes. Yes. I got to have so the, most the people, airtight things to say back that they can't, they can't argue with yet. Right. So my philosophy, you do the opposite. So, you know, just to take a one that I used at time life that was so effective that I just, I don't know. I just, it just came to my brain one day and it just works so well with time life. They would sell history books, music collections, and you know, it would be priced anywhere from 20 to $50 a month. So people were paying subscriptions and you know, there's always people that are unhappy with subscriptions or with the marketing where they heard they would get one free and it'll be conveniently billed to their card. So after hundreds or thousands of calls where people would say, well, I didn't even want this and I didn't know it was going to get billed to my card every month. That was something that people would say. So they didn't give us a rebuttal for that, but no matter how good of a rebuttal you have, if your rebuttal is, oh, we we're sorry, we understand. And, you know, we're going to make it up to you by, you know, refunding you or something like that. That's, you're not going to be able to get more sales that way. So I thought, well, why not? Why don't I, don't I just start agreeing with them instead of giving them a rebuttal? Why don't I just tell them they're right? 
<laughs> so I try that one day, you know, someone, you know, like probably 10 times a day, people would say, oh, I got, you know, they charge my card. You all, you're terrible. You charge my card so many times. And I just, you know, I listened and I said, you know what? You're right. I've been hearing that from quite a few people and, you know, all over the country. And as soon as I said that, they got quiet. They can't get mad at you yeah, because you're on their side. You're right. I said, I've been hearing that a lot all over the country. A lot of people have been saying that they didn't know it was going to get billed to their card every month. But the, also, the, the other complaint they also had was that even though they, it was getting billed and they got, they liked the music, some of the songs they wanted actually weren't on those CDs. And then when I would say that, a lot of people would say, yeah, yeah. And then I would say, mm -hmm. just like in the, in the 1960s country CD, the songs from Loretta Lynn, and so was it on there? This song wasn't on there. You remember those, right? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we're going to send this next one out for you to try out. Because first of all, you know, we you know, apologize for sending those other CDs with that didn't have the songs you wanted, but this one's going to have this song, this song. This song, you remember that song, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I love that song. So we're going to send this one out to you. I want you to listen to it, try it out first. And if you like it, keep it then, okay? And then they would just say, okay, like 90% of the time, if it got to that point in the call. And then I say, if you, if you like CD, we will continue to send other ones just like that to you every month. And in the, okay, so in the script, it would say, and we'll conveniently leave it on some, the card we have on file or something like that. I wouldn't say it like clearly. So I would make sure I would just say, and we'll just leave it on the same card you have on file with us. Okay. And they would just be like, okay, all right. So that'll be $19.95 plus $4.99 shipping. And since you're getting that one as a bonus, I'm going to give you the gospel country set. It's usually eighty dollars. I'm going to give it to you for only fifty dollars, so your total is going to be sixty nine ninety five, and that should be out there to you in about ten days. Okay, and then they would just say okay, and then mm. the sale was done. Done. The only reason that sale happens is because I agreed with them. They're just like in jujitsu, where they're coming at you with their energy. You can't try to push the opposite direction. So I just accept their energy and say, okay, I understand. And then I use that energy to create something positive, a positive experience that they actually want. Yeah. It's almost like a yin yang kind of thing. Like if you want control, you have to relinquish control. And that means by like what you did there is you let them control the tone of the conversation by being upset and you you let them have that. You didn't fight them over that. And it's the same thing like in, in jiu-jitsu. If I'm trying to grab something and they see what I'm going for, like we're going to be locked, right? Like I'm going to try and you can't impose your will on someone. You almost have to, it's like basketball. You have to play the court as it is. You can't just make a plan that I'm going to go right. here and do that. Like what are the players doing? Who's doing what? You just have to play based on what's there. And I think that's a great thing. So since you had sales down, at least some like a, a corporate training structure that helped you get not only the 
the hours of practice, but you know, like product services and structure for people listening, by the way, if you're brand new, I just want to let you know that flow is always hiring top people. If they want it, if they're interested in, in sales reps, contact him. He's got great opportunities for people that are looking to get into a sales career. You can possibly connect with him. If you are interested in potentially working and getting some training hands on that way, I hope you don't mind me saying that. And if that is the case, who do they message for your hiring manager? Well, right now what we're doing is we're actually training and building a group of elite salespeople. What they could do is they could go to our website at sales rep machine and they could just submit their info in the contact us form and somebody on our team will get back in touch with them. Perfect. I just want to put that there because for anyone here, that's not necessarily already committed to their own business. If you're just getting started in that, a great way to learn is to go and help somebody else and, and get, you know, and get the hands-on experience. So I want to put that out there because not everyone will wake to the end of the call, but okay. So exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and then the other thing is these strategies work for any industry as, as, as an example, I'm not a real estate expert, but I use this for a online entrepreneur and helped him, you know, ramp up his sales on the back end with no, I had no knowledge other than what I watch on YouTube and yeah. buying a couple properties of wholesaling and flipping. I've never wholesaled a deal, never flipped a deal, but I sold three of his $8,000 packages in one day to help him set up a sales script. So it, it you don't need to know some magic formula you really it's all about human communication yeah it's all people skills i love that yep so since you had the, the what I, my question i was going to ask is since you had like training in this and the and the experience what were some of your biggest challenges in your career over the last 10 years that you've had is it as it you know and and how did you overcome those? Well, my first biggest challenge was very early on. Like I said, I went full-time after get, getting laid off from my second corporate sales job, selling education at Career Education Corporation. I didn't say the name of the company, but, but that was a company I went to after Time Life. But what happened is I was doing really well for myself in my early 20s and, you know, things are going well. And then all of a sudden... Google gets sued because some things that were going on online and Google shuts down almost all small entrepreneurs, Google AdWords accounts. I don't know if you remember that or there's, there's been waves of the that. Story. It's like every couple of years that happens with Google or Facebook. You just, it's like knee jerk reaction. Let's shut down everybody down. <laughs> yeah. So this was the big first big wave they did because before then they were just growing, 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 growing. And this happened in 2006 and 2000 to 2008. And so my business that's, you know, doing multiple six figures in sales so far, I'm on pace to eventually have a million dollar business and overnight it, everything, all the sales, sales dried up. I went from, you know, over $10,000 a month selling marketing courses to maybe 1500 next month and uh, my daughter just got born so this was 10 Stressful. years ago <laughs> so this was 10 or close to almost 11 years ago now and my wife's looking at me like you moved us to california and now you <laughs> now you don't have any coming in anymore so long story short yeah long story short i 
every all our sales were generated via digital marketing with Google at that time. And I just realized I I said to myself, well, I have a list and we have these, I have these sales skills. So we use that list and partnered with a few other individuals that had lists and customers. And I built a small sales team and we ended up doing over a million dollars in sales without having to pay Google a penny. And I, it just opened my eyes to what was really possible if I use the strategies that I, I already used in the corporate world and brought them to the, you know, let's say the digital entrepreneur world. So can you dive into that a little bit? So your, your lead flow got choked off. It sounds like you had a right. steady lead flow where it sounds like with only a few touches, you were able to generate sufficient sales, but that got choked off. So what did you have to do? Did you have to follow up more? How did you, I mean, you, you hit to do a couple of things, right? Okay. So, so, so yeah. So remember, so with the digital advertising, I literally was living that lap, lap, light laptop lifestyle where I, I mean, I, we, I made a couple calls a week or spoke to a couple customers, but I really wasn't doing, doing much other than monitoring the app. Yeah. If there were any returns, we had customer support, but you know, that was, that was great. It was like amazing. But then once you see that another huge corporation is responsible for all of your sales, basically, you, no matter how many hours of free time you have a week, you you, you want to figure out, okay, I need to, I need to take responsibility for the growth of my business and not be fully dependent on online marketing or Facebook or Google, whatever the company of the year is for digital advertising. So I, I knew, I knew I needed two things to make sales, right? I mean, we, we need, or three things you need exposure, some leads, and you need to be able to sell them something. So I already had, you know, courses I had created, a web development service. So I started emailing the list I had of about 50 to 60,000 people. And what we did is in one day, we, we did a QVC type conference call infomercial. And we did $40,000 in sales in one day. And wow. that's, that was 33% of what I would make in a year by doing it the old way. So even though I had to, you know, put the sales guys together, come up with some bullets for a conference call, tell the sales guys how to pitch it. And I would be on the conference call with one of the sales guys. And then we had maybe four or five gentlemen together in California. I wasn't in California. I was in Chicago, back in Chicago or in Chicago at the time. So right before we moved. And so I was like, that just, even though I knew that, that it was, it could be good. I didn't know we could make $40,000 in sales in one day from, you know, maybe 50 or 60 leads. And so I love this. So this was a, you, so you basically had like you said, a, a QVC conference call kind of teleseminar type thing. And it sounds like you were just interviewing all of your sales reps and you guys just kind of kept the conversation around like the product and the benefits and that. Is that 
Because you said like you talked about the call with the different sales reps. I'm just wondering because I'm familiar. Oh no, it was just yeah, just just one of the sales reps was on. So it was me and one of the. So the reason I say QVC style because nowadays people say, well, on your webinars you need to give value, you need to show build credibility, blah blah blah. So we kind of did that in the email, but basically the whole call was building up, uh, talking about what the outcome of buying our web development and consulting service could be for their business and their life. That's what the call. Mm, right. 40, right. 45 minutes of just talking about that and saying, Hey, if you, if you want to talk to one of our consultants now, we're that's why I said QVC. Style. Uh, pick up the phone. They're, they're, uh, uh, got it. Just reach out to us, give us a call or fill in form on this page. Cause it was a, I think they, they got to, they were able to play it online and it wasn't, maybe it was 40 or 50 leads. It wasn't like we got flooded, but from 40 leads to, to produce $50,000 in sales over 48 hours, I was just like, okay, we need to do some more of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then I, I just started training people, perfecting the system, trying out different strategies and different markets, everything from real estate to the stock market, stock investing to business coaching to, you know, everything we've sold everything, but health and wellness. So, so that's, a, that's a fantastic kind of case study. And what do you feel have been kind of the habits that have really helped you in your path of success and kept you, you know, moving forward? Do you feel like there's any daily, weekly rituals? Here's the habit. But this is also can be a, can be a detriment if you don't, if you're not careful. So I would consider myself a sales business and marketing scientist. So I'm always studying, looking at different formulas, testing things, you know, reading things, researching things. But if you want to be great at sales or have a great team that's great at sales, the number one habit is just talking to people. It's the number one habit. The number two habit is documenting those conversations, finding out what people liked in those conversations, what they didn't like, what were their objections? What rebuttals did you use? What type of demographic of people or, or businesses are you talking to? You just kind of study. I mean, the best in any industry, they study and then they put in the repetitions. I love it. Let's, let's actually recap because what I love that you said is that you, you know, you consider yourself a scientist and you used sort of the scientific model. And so the elements of science, and you always start off with definitions. So that way everyone understands almost like a glossary when we, you know, when we say something, this is what we're, what we're talking about. So you make sure that there's clear communication, clear establishment of what terms mean what. So everyone's on the same page and there's no, because if I say education, someone might think textbooks at high school and I might think university or someone might think real world experience. So first thing you do is you define everything as in as detailed and as best as you can. And then you have some observations and then you have measurements and then you create models. And from those models, you make predictions. And then with your predictions, you run experiments and then you analyze those to validate them. So again, you start off right. with finding things, you have observations and measurements, which leads you to building models. 
with these models, you make projections or you have hypotheses. And once you establish those, then you, you create experiments, run experiments, and you analyze data and then you establish your conclusions and then you rinse and repeat. So that's why I love what you said about this. Like you, you're the first thing you said is you have to talk to people. And I'm, I'm, you know, recently I went and moved to Asia and I was like you, I was, I was so engrossed in a network, like a physical in-person network that I would do so much right. like face-to-face selling. When I went to the other side, I went and lived on this tropical remote Island. It was great, but I did have a month or two where things were really choked and I was trying to figure out why. And I realized I had no lead flow. Like it's like, right. like you said, like you got it. You got to talk to people, right? Like if you don't, if you talk to zero people, then you're, you're highest. It's like shots on a basketball net. If you take no shots, you're, you've got no chance of getting a basket, but if you take a hundred shots, you've got, you know, so it was like that. And so I love how you started with that. And that's exactly what you said. You said, talk to people, document, you know, find out what they like, didn't like. And that's exactly it. Right. Like, like, you know, do some experiments, look at your data. Right. Figure out what your observations are, find your measurements, create and refine your models, make some predictions, test them, rinse and repeat. And I just, I love that. I love that. I love that. So what do you think have been some of the most effective means of, how do I want to say this? How do you make sure that you're properly managing lead? I think what I want to ask you about is like your, your philosophy and approach to follow up. You know, are you like a 12 touch guy? Are you like a call them every day guy? Like, you know, in terms of that, and I know that's really hard to prescribe things blanket wide, of course, but again, for people that might be new to this or just starting or struggling, you know, do you have any recommendations? Like if someone gives you, if you have a call that doesn't go well, do you ever call them back or do you just let them go? You know, like, I want to ask you about that. Like, how do you, what's, how do you do that dance? Well, there's different types of sales and most entrepreneurs, managers, CEOs, or people that want to start a business, they lump all sales into one category. So just like I keep referring back to sports, there's different positions in in baseball. For example, there's a leadoff hitter. And usually in baseball, the leadoff hitter isn't trying to get hit a home run. He's a guy that he does a real good job at getting on base. So just like in sales, you have different roles. Not every salesperson is going to do every role. And usually that's the mistake a lot of entrepreneurs make is they hire a salesperson or they get an agency and that salesperson or agency is responsible for every part of the sales process. Mm-hmm. And then that you all, and then you only want to pay them, you know, 10% commission and they're doing everything. So what I would say first, I don't even know if this answers your question, but okay. what I would do first is you have to define the different pieces of a sales process. So for example, if your, your marketing is really dialed in already and you're a very successful company and you have a ton of inbound emails and calls coming in, obviously you don't need someone to generate calls because your marketing is already doing that. But if you're just getting started and you're a startup or you've been in business for 20 years, but your marketing isn't dialed in, a salesperson can actually create that inbound, those inbound leads for you. So you can have an inbound, someone that generates that interest. So their job could be to actually generate interest. Then you could have another salesperson that could be you 
which that's usually how it starts out with the, the CEO. If it's a small team, they'll be the one that, you know, they become maybe the order taker or the one that closes the sale. So in the beginning, you probably want to have two roles, someone that either creates appointments, sales appointments, and creates a little bit of interest after your marketing already did it. And then someone that closes the deal that knows the ins and outs of your product or service. I love that. So already off the bat, like you're saying, you're separating two things. You're cause, cause, and this is, I think kind of like a dirty little secret in sales is that the actual selling isn't really that, I, I want to say it's not really that difficult. The, the, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the 80, 20 is, is actually connecting with the right person to begin with. Like most people are exactly not be a good fit. And it's the concept of like, it's almost like, like, turn, you know, grinding coal to find diamonds. Like you've got to go through, you know, 50 people to find the three to five that are actually in a position that it's a good fit for. And it's work and time and energy and effort to go through those 50 people. It's a matchmaking service, right? You got to kiss a lot of frogs and bite right. the prince type thing. And so that's where you're saying is it's almost better to have people on the front end simply helping find the diamonds in the rough. And then you can hand them over to someone. And that way you have people in specialized roles. So it's easier to document what's going on, right? You're controlling the variables. And so you have one person that's literally just either generating interest or reaching out and trying to create appointments and, and qualify. Right. So, right. I, I always, the beauty of that, the beauty of that is that almost anyone with that has decent education and can talk on the phone can do that role for 15 to 20 bucks an hour. Yeah. 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 I always use like a three tier strategy. I'm like, I always say, you know, industries are different, all this different, but you're always going to go through kind of three process and you're first going to try and figure out, you know, get people to raise their hand. Would you or anyone, you know, be interested in X raise their hand. Okay. Now we got to find out if it's a fit or right. not only because a lot of people, they're so eager to get sales. They're not really like, cause not all customers are great customers. One bad customer can okay. really upset things for you. So, you, you know, it's the whole concept of like, don't be too eager to do business with anyone. Like you really need to be like, I mean, it depends what you're selling. If you're selling like a, a $5 coffee, maybe you're not going to go through this time and energy and effort, but you also have to understand that it, what is it? If, if, a, if a sale is a golden egg, a customer is the goose who lays them. So when you have someone that does a, makes a purchase right. with you, you have to understand that you have to be in it for the lifetime. You, for the survival of your business, you really need to think about being there for the lifetime, a lifetime relationship with this person. And that, that first sale, probably you could, you're not going to make any money on that when you really get into the nuts and bolts of it. Right. And it's about the lifetime. So, so be willing. I mean, if you're going to marry someone, you wouldn't just rush right into it. And so step one, raise, get, see who raises their hands. Step two is qualified. They are a fit for you and you are a fit for them. And then the third is, you know, close and overcome objections. I always say that, but that's, and I, again, please correct me because I. Wow. Wow. You, you sound like, like a, you sound like a master salesperson. I guess. No, I think you don't you're, I think you dwarf me just hearing about your results. I've been a marketing guy. I've, I'm great. I think in person, but I've never, you know, done a lot of phone and all that stuff. So I, that's, you know, I, I bow down to your results. I mean, a billion in sales is, is, you know, it's very respectable. I'm only in a few million right now, having help people. And most of the time I'm the guy driving leads. And I work with the sales team, but I'm not necessarily a guy on the phone. Although I, I'm not, I think I've been an intermediate in sales, but that's what I tell people that come and ask me about that. And I, would you add anything, change anything to that? Yeah. Well, 
first thing I would say is my favorite people in the world are marketers because they make a salesperson's job a lot easier if they're good because, you know, we, we, we worked with a few entrepreneurs that have done product launches in the past that you would know if I said their names and, you know, they, their, their marketing on the front end was so masterful that, you know, even with only a thousand customers or 500 customers, we were able to help them generate $500,000 on the back end because we didn't have to use that first person to build the interest. The interest was already there. We just needed to direct it now to focus it. Yeah. I love that. I love that a lot. Oh, am I on mute? I don't know if I'm on mute. Can you hear me? No, you're not. I hear you. Oh, okay. okay. Sorry. I, I clicked something and then my, my, my floating bubble floated away. So I love that. I love mm. that so much. And you're right because that's what marketing really is. Marketing is getting attention. You know, marketing is about, you know, let the thousands tell you what the millions will do. You know, I always describe how I have a kind of a, a hypothetical scenario of how advertising was born. And it's, you know, back in the day, if you were a business owner, unless you had like a physical, like you were the butcher or you were the barber, you know, and then you just had a sign outside in a busy market area. Typically you were a salesperson and a lot of these people were traveling right. down to town, knocking on doors and selling their wares. And after a while, you know, the sales rep, typically men would feel like, Hey, every time I knock on a door, I'm go I'm saying the same spiel, you know, and it gets this bright idea of maybe I can expedite things if I just, you know, write it down and I pay some boys to run ahead of me and deliver the letters. So when I come, I'm really just answering questions and, and taking orders. You know, and then they kind of figure it right. out. And as they get feedback, they edit the letter over time. And now we have the postal system that develops. And now they're not going door to door. They're not traveling town to town. They're just dropping letters in the mail. And that's what most of the like marketers and even like copywriters they say is like typically, you know, crawl, walk, run. You have to be able to sell it one on one first to be able to figure out what works. And that's all that really marketing online is. It's really just walking people through that sales process. So if we use that three step raise hand, qualify and then close, like you said, a good marketing process will filter out people. And that's, that's almost what marketing is. You need to get the attention of a thousand people. I, I, I call it the food court test. Like I, this is my problem with branding. I'm sorry. I'm on a soapbox, but I want to get this out. I have my book, <laughs> I have this in my book, Ancient Secrets of Lead Generation. And I call it, this is my problem with branding. Branding is like being in the food court of a busy mall, standing on the table in the middle of this busy area and going basket and profits. And like, everyone's going to look at you and be like, okay. And the people that know you are going to come over and be like, yo, Daryl, what, like, you okay? Like what's going on? And then you could tell them what your thing is, right? That's like branding, but real marketing right. would be if you, instead you got on the table and you went free ice cream. Now that's a yes or no question. The people are like, what? Free ice cream? They're going to come and go, yeah, here's, here's your, you know, here, what, what flavor would you like to sample? It's, it's $3 for a tub or get two for five bucks. Which two flavors do you want? Like that's. That's like, to me is like, you know, that's the difference between marketing and branding and that, that concept. And they're, they're married. Like they really are married. The, the two of them are together. <laughs> they are. And I would say though, I have in my book, I have this framework called ECOD, E-C-O-D. And I believe if you do branding the right way, you can actually do them, do it in your marketing and your sales calls. E, e stands for exposure. So, you know, you standing in that food court you're going to have exposure as soon as you yell, people are going to say, what's he yelling about? Right. But I think the next important thing is credibility. And you know, when you say free ice cream, but I do in my, in my book, right in my book, 
that transcript or manuscript called high-end sales system, I have a levels of credibility. So let's say on a scale of one to 10, saying free ice cream is maybe a six or something like that. And because people are going to say, well, you know, I do like ice cream and it's free. But the reason it's not a 10, people might be thinking, well, it's free. What's, is there something wrong with it? Who is this guy? You know, so the higher you, the higher you can get your credibility and the faster you can do that, whether in your marketing or on a sales call, the easier the O, which is, you know, if you have a D or deadline or discount will be so. You know, to me, if you combine your exposure and your credibility, that's good branding then. Mm. Oh, I agree. Branding is part of it. I fully agree. But I tell people, I always differentiate that. So exposure, credibility, I didn't hear. What was the O? Exposure, credibility, your offer, and the deadline. So that's what I tell ah. all my salespeople, that if you do those four things on a call, you're going to have way better odds of getting the sale. I love that. Now, what are some tips for deadlines? Because sometimes people can feel sleazy because they're like, my business is running all year round. How do I give this person a deadline to give them a reason? Make to it, it, uh, so it's either deadline discount. So I like using deadlines. So whatever, if you're selling someone for the first time on the phone, you just, it has to be a real deadline, obviously. So come up with a deadline with your team, say, Okay, we're only going to sell 100 of these a month, or we're, we're only selling these on certain dates. Every week in corporate America, almost every retail big box company has a sale that ends in seven days. There's a reason they have a new sale every seven days because it works <laughs> because there's a deadline after that on that set at the end of that seventh day, you're not going to get a hundred dollars off of that specific product anymore next week it might it's going to be a different product but that week it's that product and that could be the product that someone actually wants i love that that's actually something i recommend for people in marketing i always say that you know you need to come up with 52 one week promotions or half that and two you know but whatever it is and then you you know you run them you track the results you get rid of the the bottom 60 percent and then you just repeat those because my biggest beef in marketing is that people are always coming up with something new, but sometimes you just need to repeat a good idea or create, you know, like a, like a, like a greatest hits folder of promotions that they deals that they can pull out over and over and over again. You have to accumulate those over time, which, which I love that a new sale every 10 days. And I, you know, think of it as coupon based marketing, but it doesn't always have to be a discount. It can be a bundle. It can be a partnership with someone. It can be all these different things. I, I think that's such a great tip, you know? Find ways to get more exposure. Here, so here, so here's one, here's one that works for a lot of your type of clients, like authors and consultants is a workshop that you only sell on the phone. For example, the way we sell the workshops on the phone, that it could be, you know, a hundred dollar workshop, a $500 workshop, whatever the, whatever the price, you know, our workshops were on Tuesday. So if one of our sales reps were talking to a new lead on Wednesday or Friday, we would say our, the workshop is on Tuesday and we don't want you to miss it on, on Tuesday. We're going to talk about a lot of the, you know, questions you said you, you had, and before you move forward and spend, you know, 
$5,000, what I would recommend is that you attend our paid workshop and you'll learn a lot of the things of the who, what, when, and how to do it. And then we can move forward from there. So now they have, you have something to put their focus on, just like with a movie or whatever, you know, whatever, you know, is happening. Like, you know, when I was a kid, my dad was a pastor. So if I invite someone to my church, yes, you know, church is every Sunday, but I'm saying, Hey, will you come to church with me this day? Mm. I'm not saying, mm -hmm. can you come every Sunday? I'm, we're doing a special Christmas service this Sunday and it's, you know, a couple of days before Christmas. So that's the reason to invite you this time on, you know, before Easter, we're doing a Easter service. Would you like to come where it's going to be cool? You'll like it. Oh, e-based e e selling is always easier to sell because the, the, the urgency is real. I love that. I love that so much event-based selling. That's such a great tip for people. This has been such a good call with such practical, timeless advice. It doesn't matter if the economy is good, if the economy is bad. It doesn't matter what, if you're selling a product or a service, this is like, this is the fundamental, really cornerstone, cornerstone skills. There's no fluff. There's no get rich quick stuff in this. I just really love it. It's about being in it and enjoying the journey, having the structure of the journey, learning, you know, and I just think that's fantastic. Now, do you have any tips for people who are maybe struggling to get exposure? Like if you're starting and you don't have a following, you don't have an email list of 50,000 people. Do you have any tips on how to get out of, you know, get, get, get out there? Yeah. Wow. Got lots of those. It depends on if you have a service, I would say that search-based marketing is still the best, whether on Google, Bing, Yahoo, whatever search engine you're on, it's just, it just works. I mean, you know, obviously ad costs are getting expensive, so you could always start with Facebook, but when people are searching for a business coach in your town or, you know, a motivational speaker, you want, you want to show up when they do that search because that's one of, one of my ways of building instant credibility with, with advertising, because when someone's actively looking for something, if you're there and you're everywhere, when they're looking, you're already ahead of, you know, 90% of the other businesses out there That would be one way. Another way that a lot of people don't talk about and because especially in the online entrepreneurship and marketing community where we talk about Facebook all the time and email marketing is that if you are, let's say, for example, a real estate guru and you want to sell your real estate, there are hundreds of thousands of people buying real estate programs every month, and you can actually rent those lists on, on direct mail websites for pennies on the dollar. That's huge. Yes. yes. Yeah. Whereas, you know, to get, to even get someone to join your email list or, sh or show up for a strategy session or a webinar or read your sales page on Google or Facebook, that might cost you just for one lead. Like some of my clients, it's, it's over a hundred dollars now, a hundred Whereas you can have a list list of 1000 buyers that just bought 
a real estate invest investing course last month for 10 cents a customer. Right. Or yeah. or a dollar a customer. It could cost you at most $500 to be able to contact a thousand people that are interested right now in real estate investing. Not they are just searching and clicked on your thing and they watch, but you know, they, they're not a real buyer. So I'm, there's a lot of websites like nextmark.com where you could do that. That's a different sales approach, obviously, because those people you didn't market to, but you do have the ability to call them. So that's a different type mm -hmm. of sales call. But you know, I, when, when. Google dried up years ago. I remember buying, buying a whole list of, of 1000 software buyers for $500. And we made $20,000 on that list in one month. That's fantastic. Buy. Yeah. So I say there's only three ways to get traffic. You can buy it, borrow it and build it. So what <laughs> I was talking about is buying it, which is the fastest, most direct and can be incredibly pure a source. And like, you know, as far as trying to segment and sift it out to find the the diamonds the higher quality people to spend your time with you can and, and paid advertising of course borrow it flow is borrowing you from me right now he's borrowing the audience that i've helped build or maybe i'm going to borrow it from flow if he shares this interview with his followers so we're working together to borrow each other's audience and then build it which is what we both do over time because we've got podcasts and you know all this kind of stuff going on and email lists and we're building a following as well so you can buy borrow and build and that's you know and, and anyways those are all i consider those the only three ways to get traffic and i think that that's that's such a good tip the the Search is so great because it's really here, here's one here's one here's one more before you say something I've just sure. remembered. So buying and then being more I didn't really say borrowing, but borrowing is obviously a lot cheaper than you know, borrowing and not paying for it is even better. So the other option is instead of buying that list, you find that real estate investor that has one thousand customers like yep. like I did in in the real estate niche and the, the stock market niche and online business niche, I found a, you know, an individual that had 1000 customers and we said, Hey, we'll do all the sales and you just collect money and we'll yeah. split it. And, yeah. You know, that doesn't cost any money. So that's why it's so good. Yeah. So important to have a fine tuned sales process and strategy because you can plug it into any business i love that i love that who already has all your ideal prospects or all your ideal customers attention who already has that who already has right that? and what kind of a deal can you make with them to not cost you any money up front and just split you know split whatever you guys do together actually i had a guy on our show he had ogarden.com i think it is it's like a whole, I love this thing. It's you plug it in and it basically, it's got th two sections. The bottom section is like seedling plant. The idea is grow your own food, but this is like a whole mm -hmm. self-contained thing. You plug it in the wall and it's, it's like a circle that rotates around the light and that's the top. And then the bottom is the seeds and the bottom holds 30 plants and the top holds 60 and half is growing and half is harvesting. So he had this thing wow. and that's exactly how we launched it was he had an influencer and they launched it. On Kickstarter, and they did like I think 150,000 with just the idea, the concept on Kickstarter with this influencer's help. They made a bunch, and now they've just launched the second version. And then the launch, they did a Kickstarter again. They did like 1.4 million in sales on Kickstarter again. Wow! Using influencers, 
And that's it. And that's, yeah, it's a great thing. It's a great little, I love, I love the concept, but I mean, it's not enough to necessarily, you need like five, six, seven of these things to feed a whole family, but it's just, that's, that's exactly what he did. He found someone who already had all of his ideal prospects attention, made a deal with them, said, Hey guy. And they didn't even have a product in the beginning. They said, Hey, here's what we want to do. Who wants to pre-order? And then took that money and built the product, you know, and then went back and sold more. And that's just such a good tip. That's such a good tip. Well, this has been such a great value back call. I want to be respectful for your time. I know we're getting up to the end of the hour. <clears throat> Is there anything that I haven't asked you that I should have asked you? Well, the last time I did, I did one of these calls a while back with Marlon Sanders and it ended up lasting four hours. So <laughs> I could do this all day. Yeah, I know. I this is easy all day. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. No, you're you're coming um, on the phone, are you? <laughs> no, there's, there's, there's definitely, definitely a hundred million questions, but If any of you listening, you want a copy of my 100 hybrid marketing and selling strategies transcript, where I basically put together 101, I believe, strategies. Obviously, there's even more than that, but these are the ones that I've used over the years. And then you could just pick and choose the ones you think you want to implement in your business. And then if you have any questions, let us know. But just implementing a couple of these strategies consistently can really grow your business. And where do they go to get that? They can go to marketcellautomate.com. Marketcellautomate.com. Go get Flow's stuff. You guys know that I only bring people that I've, I've known Flow for years. Like we've been trying to do this. I, his bio that I read at the beginning, I had in my Google Drive from 2016. Okay, I've been trying to get him on here forever. And I only bring people, for the most part, I would say that at least 86 to 90% of everyone on here are people I either have personally done business with or I've seen them over years and know that they're quality people. So if you're interested, go to marketsellautomate.com. Go get a copy of his 101 Hybrid Marketing and Selling Strategies. If you're interested in getting hands-on experience, if you don't have a product, you don't have a business, don't have a service, and you just want to cut your teeth, but you've, you, you're really ambitious, like attributes are more important than skill set. I think in the beginning, you know, having the right mental attitude, the confidence, the fortitude, go to salesrepmachine.com. You can apply and see if you're fit for working with part of a sales team. And again, Flo, thank you so much. It has been an honor and a pleasure. I would love to have you back on the show sometime. And I just think this has been such a value packed call. People may want to listen to it more than once to make sure they get all the nuggets out of it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been an honor and a pleasure.